Zig Ziglar, ladies and gentlemen, is making an impact. A great you gotta know where you are before you can really determine your chances of getting what you really want. I'm stronger than I was a quarter of a century ago. I can do things that I could not have dreamed The philosophy behind this book is now being taught to the young people in the schools throughout America. My friend and yours, Mr. Zig Ziglar. This is the Ziggler Edge with Michael Ray Newman. Yes, I am, guys. This is RNCN Radio. And you are listening to the Ziggler Edge. And I, I, right, I'm Michael Ray Newman. I'm here being joined by Zach the Youngblood Lewis. Hey, what's going on? And Kevin E. Yo. Zach just in time. Ooh, just yeah, I saw time. you sliding in there, bro. The monster millennials. He, uh, <laughs> he had to. I already had to run down to the third floor to drop off some stuff, man. That's pretty. Appreciate that. Yeah, you had to run a little errand. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, why are we here, man? Ziggler Edge. This show is podcast that we do every week is for basically for the millennials. I want to deliver a message to you guys. Yeah, and we're here to uh, with, with open ears. Yeah, I can every week, that. man. You got my back. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and, and you guys teach me. I'm never. It's you're teamwork. never. You're never too old to uh, teach and learn, and you're never too young to teach and mm. learn. So, I guess so. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling that young these days after my last birthday. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm not 30 anymore, and I'm in my 30s. 31. That's a, that's a different. It's a threshold I've now crossed. I well, suppose. Understand this, man. When you get over 40, we're all the same age. So. Come on, see that's me. Good point. Just come see me. <laughs> hey, I'm still a millennial, though. Uh, yeah, so, that's right. You will always believe be a, it or not, a millennial, whether you <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> oh, she's Mr. Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar impacted over 250 million people in his lifetime worldwide with his books, his audio and visual recordings, and uh, uh, public events. I mean, this dude was paid 80 to 100 grand every time he stepped on the stage. It's crazy cool and what was really fantastic about him is and really what i really want to get across to people is that he was his his message is time tested and relevant and it's more more you know relevant today than ever what we're finding out and how did he stay relevant all those years i mean how was he you guys have heard me say this i mean how was he able to stay relevant generation after generation decade after decade year after year and what he was able to do is he was able to keep his message relevant and in the public eye because the message is time tested like i said it's timeless um, he would change he would change it and he came you know books and then audio recordings came out and then the video and then he was even talking about cell phone and email and an internet before he passed away so we bring it relevant things like this podcast right and then we bring it relevant with, uh, you know, with some virtual training and things that we're doing with uh, some corporations. So it's really cool, and I'm excited to be here. And this it is a is. perfect way to mix the old with the new. That's yeah. right, dude. And today, that's exactly right. And guess what? Today, I'm going to give you some Ziggler, and I'm going to give you some Edge. And the Edge comes from probably me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Ziggler. Michael Ray That's right. Yeah. He was a little – he was so amazingly not perfect, but, uh, you know, his, he had a definition – characters the bill he had a lot of quotes and definitions but his definition of character was the ability to carry out a task long after the excitement of the moment is gone it's really easy for you to get fired up think about it you go somewhere you go to an event and you hear all these things you get excited and fired up and then man you say when i get up tomorrow i'm going to do x and then after the excitement of the moment's gone do you do it yeah. do you have the character to stand up 
we've added to that a little bit. The, the character, the definition is the ability to carry out a task with integrity long after the excitement of the moment's gone. Yeah. So that's really important. Integrity was very important to Mr. Ziegler. So today we're going to talk about a young lady that he called the Birmingham lady. The Birmingham lady. That's right. All so right. I'm going to talk about it the next segment. So, But I want to ask you guys a couple of questions. And I want you to have, we hadn't talked about this. We didn't do any kind of rehearsal. So I just want to ask you, do you remember the first time that you went out on your own, not college, but when you got out on your own in your first apartment, what did that feel like? Uh, it's weird. That was actually a total transformation for me because I went from being a total slob to a total neat freak. <laughs> so I'm like, this is now like my space, like my spot. You know what I mean? I wanted to keep it nice. I was proud of it. That's right. So yeah, that was a big change, and that's something that never faded away. I never stopped being a neat wow. freak. I went from being totally gross, just at completely... Two opposites. Wow. Yeah. Believe it or not, I'm still in my first apartment post-college. It's the same place I've been in for the past like two years, and that place is my fortress of solitude. And it's his first time he lived alone, and I yeah. told him, I'm like, dude, you want to live alone. Like, it is awesome, <laughs> I promise. At this time in your life, it's the best. Yeah. It really is. People think it's a little weird when I tell them I don't have a pet, but uh, I don't think it's weird. I like no, it. No, me either. Yeah. So you're not a cat, dude. No, believe it or not. I think I would be more of a cat than a dog guy, though, oh, if, I, if I tried it. A girlfriend's trying to make me a cat guy, but it's just not going to happen. That's well, rough. Do yeah. not go to the dark side, boys. <laughs> <laughs> do not let that happen. Yeah. We got some land, and finally, and we are not cat people, and I know I might upset some people, but, man, I just, I'm allergic to them. And me yeah. too. Never would have one in the house. There's no way, but uh, we have a couple snakes this year running around, and uh, my wife's like, get a cat, just a barn cat. I was like, hey, no way. No. Come on, I'd kill the snakes. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it. But I will admit <laughs> that I do watch some cat videos every once in a while. Oh, yeah, there's I'm some sure. funny stuff out there. Closet, yeah. closet cat watcher, because I, yeah. yep. I love the cat fail. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of that. Of course. So when you had your first place, it was exciting. And you loved your own. I mean, that's the way I was too. But I was kind of like my new car smell in my new place when it was all by myself. My first time, everything was tight. It was clean. Yep. It looked sweet. Yeah, but that did wear off eventually. It wasn't just posters pinned up on the wall. I had framed stuff yeah, for the first time in my life. Exactly. The dollar store in Walmart, and yep. Then uh, my mom came over, and then uh, you know my granny came down, and uh, we did a little decorating and gave you all that cool stuff. So. My guitar had a stand instead of being leaned against the wall, you know, <laughs> in the corner, like little stuff like that. You're like you describing my makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you sit down on your couch and look around and just go over and move something just that much. Yeah, sure. Just like two inches. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then you look back around and say, okay, yeah. I, I got magazines just on the admiration. coffee table. Just yeah. like, oh, this place is great. <laughs> yeah. What was the, did you ever have any moments when you're just like, man, this is overwhelming? Oh, sure. Do you have any money issues? Did you have any... I mean, anything growing up also, the, the good part about it, I mean, yeah. the, the negative part about it. Is there anything negative you had? Oh, of course. Definitely. There were times I thought to myself, like, man, this this feels like it all come crumbling down at any moment. You know, it, like, it, this, Exactly. This is, this is so loosely held together. And the thought of losing that way of life that I'd become to love so much was, yeah. like, absolutely terrifying. Like, make, I, I'd do anything to prevent that from happening. Having to make a rent check each month changes a man. Yep. <laughs> I mean, when we first graduated, I was working part-time in radio, doing two jobs, and... I'm thinking, like, I'll do anything. Like, I drove by in and out Burger once and saw they paid more than what I was getting paid at iHeart. And I'm yep. like, dude, that's if I if that means I can keep my place, I'm going over there working in and out Burger. Yeah. That place, I love that place. Sure. Whatever it takes. Right? Whatever you, it takes. You had that mentality exactly. that yep. you were going to keep I'm like, the place. I don't care. Yep, exactly. Fear is a motivator. Yep. <laughs> There's three types of fear. There's fear motivation. That if you don't do it, you're fired. Or if yep. you don't make a paycheck and pay your rent, you have to move out and move, move back and lose your freedom. <laughs> That was my biggest fear. Yeah, and then, yeah. it really was. Yeah, I don't. No, that's, I, I, that's a big deal. I yeah. feel you. I feel you. And then there's also incentive motivation. Incentive motivation is when you 
they dangle a carrot in front of the donkey when he's pulling the cart, and the donkey will go eat the carrot. And that's also your incentive, too. You were feared, but you also had an incentive to stay on your own. And then the third type of motivation is the within motivation. And that's when you quit whining about other people. You quit saying, man, if my job would pay me a little bit more, or if my boss wasn't such a jerk, or if my girlfriend didn't suck, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I want. When we come back here next, we're going to start off with Mr. Ziggler. And I'm going to give you the Ziggler. Then we're going to come back with the Edge. So what I want you guys to understand, the next half is going to be a little Birmingham lady. She had a little bit of the stinking thinking, and uh, we will be back here with the Ziggler Edge. More of the Ziggler Edge with Michael Ray Newman is next on RNCN. This is the Ziggler Edge with Michael Ray Newman on RNCN. Yeah, buddy. All right, we're going to jump right in here. This is a clip of Mr. Ziggler talking about a young lady who had a really negative attitude. And you know, in your mind's eye when you're listening to this, guys, I want you to think of yourself and, and listen to the story and see if you have any parallels here. I think this really stands up. And then we come back, we're going to bring it home in the third segment. But let's jump right into it. That I believe this woman thinks she's got an impossible problem, but I believe you can solve that problem her with her in just a few minutes if you will spend that time with her. I said, well, Laurie, tell her to meet me backstage. I'll get there about 10 minutes early. They, my schedule was such that it was about all I had. Well, I got there and I was on uh, backstage behind the curtain on one side. She spotted me from the other side. And as she walked across the stage, I have never seen as much anger in a human being in my life as I saw in her. She almost started crying when she saw me. She said, oh, I'm just so glad to see you. I got this horrible job. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate everybody down there. I mean, uh, you talking about negative nails. She was it. She said, can you help me? Now, understand I've only got about 10 minutes. So I looked at her, and uh, one thing I have learned, I don't do counseling, but I talk with a lot of people who do in psychology, psychiatry, and the ministry. And they tell me that everybody who comes to you with a problem are not necessarily looking for a solution. I couldn't understand that for a long time. Why do they bring you a problem if they don't want to solve it? Well, I can tell you why. They want to tell you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it, and you about it. And if you foul up the deal and solve the problem, they can't tell you again, you again. They want the attention that goes with the problem. And every company just about it has that kind of an individual. They want the attention that goes with griping and, uh, and complaining. Well, I looked at the lady, and it wasn't unkindly, but firmly I said to her, yes, and you know, ma'am, I'm afraid your problem is about to get worse. She said, what do you mean? I said, I believe they're going to fire you. <laughs> She was stunned. I couldn't have stunned her more if I'd hit her in the face with a bucket of ice water. She said, fire me? Why on earth would they fire me? The inflection in her voice clearly said, they're the bad guys. I'm the good guy. Why don't they fire them and keep me? Have you ever noticed that people who are the problem never recognize that they are? They're in complete denial. They think denial is just a river in Egypt. Why would they fire me? I said, ma'am, I don't believe there's a company in America big enough to contain this much poison in one small spot. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when somebody is about to lose something they've been complaining about, whether it's a car, a home, a mate, a job, or whatever, 
When all of a sudden it appears they're going to lose them, it takes on brand new value. She looked at me and said, well, what can I do? I said, do you really want to know? She said, yes, I do. That's the reason I came to see you. I came looking for help, but you sure had not been any help so far. <laughs> I said, well, ma'am, I've got an idea. And I will absolutely guarantee you it positively, definitely, absolutely will work if you will just do it. She said, I'll try anything within reason. I said, okay, when you get home tonight, all of your household tasks are complete. It's bedtime. Get off in a room right by yourself. Get a sheet of paper out. And at the top of it, write, I like my job because. She interrupted me. She said, that'll be easy. I don't like nothing about that job. Don't like nothing about those people down there. And I said, well, just as a matter of curiosity, do you work there for benevolent reasons or do they pay you for working there? She said, well, I got to confess, they pay me. And I said, and you don't like to be paid. Oh, she said, yes, I do. I said, okay, tell you what you do. Open your notebook right now. We'll start our list of the things you like about your job. They pay you for working there and you do like it, don't you? She said, absolutely. But she just stood there. I said, no, open your notebook now and we'll get uh, busy on the list. She just stood there. I said, ma'am, let me, let me tell you what my experience in life has been. I've discovered that in 100% of the cases, no exceptions, people who won't take step number one never take step number two. You see, she had come to me with an impossible dream. Her dream was that nice Mr. Ziegler was going to solve all of her problems and she would live happily ever after. Well, folks, I got news for you. I can't solve her problems. I can't solve your problems. But I will give you some steps that I'll absolutely, definitely, and positively will work for you. As it worked eventually for her. I said, well, ma'am, let me tell you something. Unless you're willing to take step number one right now, it's been nice talking with you. She angrily opened her notebook. Before we got through, there were 22 things she liked about her job. Not only did they pay her for working there, they paid her above average. She had three weeks vacation with pay. She had a retirement program. She was in on profit sharing. She had health insurance, life insurance, and accident insurance. She lived less than 10 minutes from home. She was in on management decisions. The company sent her to three seminars a year to be paid for. She had her own private office and parking place. 22 things that she liked about her job. Now I said, ma'am, when you get home tonight, everything is finished. Get off in a room right by yourself. Close the doors. Change one word from I like my job to I love my job. Get in front of that mirror. And folks, I cannot say this strongly enough, but I'm going to try. The eyes are the windows of the soul. Look yourself in the eye and with excitement and enthusiasm, say, I love my job because they pay me for working there. I love my job because they pay me above average for working there. I love my job because I have a wonderful insurance program. I love my job before every one of the statements. You will sleep better that night. You see, there's something hidden in what I'm saying to you now. When she says, I like my job, she's really saying, I'm grateful for my job. And of all of the emotions we can have, according to Hans Selye, the number one stress specialist in America, the healthiest of all human emotions is gratitude. I said, you go down that list. I like my job. I love my job, rather. That is a way of gratitude. You'll sleep better the first night. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, 
Get back in front of the mirror just before you go to work. Get back in front of the mirror and repeat the process again with excitement and enthusiasm. I love my job because, and take the list with you. Because the reality is, you see, you will have started to change from a fault finder to a good finder. Some people do really find fault like there's a reward for it. They really do. <laughs> Take the list with you and you will be able to add to that list absolutely guaranteed. Do this every morning and every night and you will have an astonishing recovery from this advanced case of stinking thinking. Now, I didn't say that to her, but I'm saying it to you. That's what it was. It was an advanced case of stinking thinking. Well, six weeks later, I was back in Birmingham, Alabama. I was doing a follow-up sales seminar. Now, the lady was not in sales, but she had been listening to my tapes. She had been listening to Automobile University, and she had discovered that everybody sells. Everybody who will ever hear this is in selling. Whether you're a school teacher, a civil service worker, a military personnel, an executive secretary, it doesn't make any difference. What you do, you sell every day of your life. There she was on the, at the sales seminar, seated on the front row, grinning so wide she could have eaten a banana sideways. I'm telling you, you're talking about somebody that was excited. She was turned on. I said, well, how you doing? She grinned even more broadly and said, Mr. Ziegler, I'm doing wonderfully well, and uh, thank you for asking. She said, you cannot believe how much those people down there have changed. <laughs> it wasn't the, it's not her, it's the people, right? Well, we all know that's not really what he meant, because there's the bottom line. You're not going to change anyone until you change yourself. So when we come back... We gave you a little Mr. Ziegler there. Good stuff, right? Think about that in your mind's eye. Think about you. Think about the story. And when we come back, I'm going to give you a little bit of the edge right here. More of the Ziggler Edge with Michael Wayne Newman is next on RNC. Hypocrisy is getting me down. Lies and corruption. You're listening to The Ziggler Edge with Michael Ray Newman on RNCN. Yep, this is RNCN Radio and this is The Ziggler Edge. I am Michael Ray Newman. We just heard uh, Mr. Ziggler there with the Birmingham lady. And a little stinking thinking. Do you find fault like there's a reward with it? Reward, do you find fault like there's a reward for it? Yeah, you know, there's some of that that rings true to You know, uh, yeah. we're victims of some stinking thinking every once in a while here mm. in the... Uh, but, you know, it happens to the best of us. Sure, we're only human. Uh, I, I think I could sit down and come up with 21, 22 things I love about my job, no problem. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And, it, and when you, But think about your job, and I've the stinking thinking thing it really does come true and when we cause when you get going in some kind of motion whether it's positive or negative when you get in a groove it's easy it's easy to keep going that's the bad part it's easy to keep going when it's negative and it's it's but the good part it's easy to keep going when it's positive changing it's the hard thing and usually it takes like a big old bucket of cold water in the face to change something there's a young lady and this I'm going to give you a couple of true life things that have happened and are true that are happening every day and there's going to be somebody here listening today that this is really going to re resonate and ring true with. And they're going to go back to somebody and start giving 
the opposite way and stop finding fault. I have a neighbor, and she's not the most positive person in the world. I grew up with her, went my old neighbor's old neighbor, and she always, always is finding fault in her husband. She was she beats him <laughs> up, man, dude. I'm not kidding you. Every time I turned around when I was growing up, I was just like, man, this woman is negative. Yeah, and I love her. I mean, she's a very good friend of the family, and I'm not going to drop her name. But when she hears this, she's going to call me, and she's going to she's going to she's going to cuss me out. But she would find fault in that old boy no matter what. Well, let me tell you something. A couple years, not even two years ago, he came down with serious cancer, mm. and that that was the cold. That was right there. Was the cold water that had to instantly change your perspective on that. I mean, and here's the thing: I was asking you guys the emotions you had when you had your own apartment and you were in your 20s because this show to me is directed towards the millennials some 30 something millennials and the 20 something millennials right yep. uh, yeah you, you me kevin, being in the, the upper kevin sure. and everybody yeah. else yeah <laughs> kevin e and everybody else <laughs> 30s or not that's right this but that's what i want you guys to realize is that people complain about their car they complain about their house they complain about things they get in a real bad rut of, man this car sucks but let me tell you something when you don't have the car it's all of a sudden it's like cold water in the face when her husband i mean it, it you know retrospect set in and regret and all those years of being negative towards him she's she even you know aired out her which i have a hundred percent rule against airing out anything on facebook or social media and she's like oh my gosh the regret i have i've always told him that he's no good and i've always found fault in him and now she could lose him me Divorce, right here. Slapped in the face with divorce papers. And I always said this. My wife and I used to have arguments all the time. And I would say, I'm coming 50%. That's it. I'm coming halfway. I will meet you exactly halfway. I'm tired of coming 80%. You, you're not coming 20 Sure. I will go 51%. Then slapped in the, Then I have divorce papers given to me. I went out and got really drunk. <laughs> then I... Pity parted it. A, a solution p- I've come to many times. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> well, I had, I had some plum disease. Poor little old me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was like, uh, it's her fault. It was that. And then I, then the morning when I went to divorce court, the night before, I slept on top of a building with the homeless dude. I bought the, said, I'll buy the beer. Don't drink it, and you can drink it with me. We got there and watched the sun go down. I had my, my big old pity party. <laughs> Quite the party. Yeah, yeah. man, that's crazy. Yeah. It was. Great it was, turnout. And, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> exactly who I wanted to be with at the time, sure, my friend. Yeah. So I got up and went over there, and that's when I, after that proceedings, that was my cold bucket of water in the face. Like, I have to go 100%. I have to go all the way. And here's the deal. What happens is when we have a relationship and we, we decide we want to turn it around or we want something to go well in our life, we go all the way for a day, and you're gonna. Do you expect it to change overnight? And you expect it to. You have the great attitude, and you come home, or are you going to work, and you say, "I'm going to really do this. I'm going to repair this relationship." You go all the way, and then all of a sudden, you still get the same that you got before. Yeah. And that then we quit. Then we give up. What are you prepared to do today to change it? You've heard that before. What are you prepared to do now? Everything that goes wrong in your life. So I had to keep to rebuild that trust and to rebuild that faith and to show you really change. You got to keep going. You got to prepare yourself that you're going to do something different because if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same result, right? What's that definition of insanity or doing the same thing and expecting different results? That's right. Yeah. And this is what, and then, but when you do something different and you don't get the same result that time, you've already got to be prepared that you're going to change something else. Look at your list of things that you like about that person. 
all those things you like about those person. And when you go and change, because you've changed yourself, and you, I've changed, I've changed. Don't they're not going to believe it on the first the first day. Go back to the list about what you liked about that, and go over it again. Go over it again. Something that he really killed it with on this segment, I think, is gratitude. It's what we that's what we really forget. Having gratitude, it's the most, it's the greatest thing you can have is have gratitude. It's a for very someone. common theme in the Ziggler. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. gratitude. Yep, <laughs> gratitude. Being able to have gratitude. He, and he said that's the that's the healthy of all the all the emotions is being grateful for something you have. It took me a long time when I was building that relationship back before she finally even let me come sleep on the couch again. But I can tell you, you guys have heard this before too, that I'm I'm like that bad country song, started playing it backwards and I got my house back <laughs> and I got my wife back, got my kids back, and today I live a life that most people want. And here's what most people do not want to do. They won't they're not willing to live the nightmare. To, they're not willing to continue to go through the nightmare, to go through the nightmare so they can live a life that most people only dream of. First of all, you have to, what we've talked about before, define the gap. Where do you want to be in your Go down to every single relationship in your job, in your home life, with your spouse, with your friends, with your parents. Your parents, how many times was the last time you went and called your mom and told, you, told her you loved her? I actually talk to my mom a lot, so... Do you tell... What's the last time you tell her you love her? Well, I usually do when I get off the phone. Okay, then you need to do it I don't call just for that specific reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll admit that. I'll do you one better. I talked to my dad yesterday and said I love you at the end. That's tough oh. with, the, with the dad, oh. I know. Yeah. yeah, that's true. My dad and I never throw in the love you at the end. I'm proud of you boys, man. Every once in a while. You're making great steps, but if you do it every single time, do something a little bit different to make it better when you do that. Yeah. Have gratitude for those people. And don't forget, you have to come 100% of the way over and over again. Mm. Get your win list out. We talked about this. Your win now list. Yeah. You got victory list. Your victory list is what do you what you like about your job? What you like about your job? What you like about your spouse? What you like about your mama? What you like about your daddy? What you like about your apartment? Well, maybe maybe not. Not your cat either, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go listen there. to this. Nah. Yeah, don't go there. Yeah, <laughs> you go today. Put but also keep your win list together. Your win list keeps you on track. What's important now? Because when you define the gap for your goals, where, where do you want to be? And then there's that gap in between. We talk about define those gap, answer those problems, and start taking the step to success. That's about all I got for today, guys. What do you think? I dig it. A dig pleasure it? as yeah. always. I dig it. Feel, feeling very enlightened. You stole my. Uh, you stole my word, man. I dig it. Aww. I dig it. Hey guys, go have gratitude this week. Be significant in someone's life, and remember, people won't always remember what you say, but they will always remember how you made them feel. See ya. RMCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.